Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie from First Inspection Services and that is spelled with the number 1ST at the beginning and inspections is plural. We are out of the greater Cincinnati area which by the way is a city that is really awesome to raise a family in. I'll just really want to stress that. We also cover the greater Dayton area as well as the northern Kentucky area. And today's episode, I want to do something that I don't know that I've done before, which is to talk about a simple but elegant small house on a slab foundation. And what are the typical items with that during the inspection that we are seeing? And how does that typically go? And what are things that we're watching for? All right. Without further ado. So the other day I did an inspection that was on a thousand square foot house. Three bedrooms. One bath. And it had an addition on the back. Which was basically a three season room. And it also had a storage shed on it as well. All right. So with a slab foundation, one of the things we notice a lot, and and by the way, I would call this a um, first-time homebuyer house. It could also be, at the other end of the spectrum, a retirement-type house because there's no stairs, no basement, no second floor, and the floor really was... Nice and spongy in a good way um, because the luxury vinyl tile they used was one that had nice, I don't know, I don't believe there was padding under it, but it was nice to the to, to, to walk on it with socks, to, to feel whether there was any cracks and settlement on the slab foundation, which there was not on the, in this case. So we do like to walk around with socks in... Houses like this with the slab foundation, and we are looking for settlement. Okay, so that is one of the things we're looking for, one of the characteristics. A slab foundation does not mean that there's not going to be any foundational issues. Okay, so that's something we are definitely looking for. So if we start the inspection on the outside, one of the things that is very common with a house with a slab foundation, especially on the coast, down south, <clears throat> on sand, sandy soil environments like in North Carolina at the beaches. Uh, my mom lives in a, um, in a patio home, which is in a patio home community, and half the houses don't have gutters. Now, that's not just an afterthought. Not having a gutter means that all the water from the roof gets dumped at the foundation. But it's a slab foundation. That's not a problem because there's no basement. No, that's that's not necessarily true. Slab foundations can form cracks if part of the slab footer sinks down that is holding that slab. You still have a footer with a slab foundation. Okay? Very important. So extending gutter downspouts at least five feet away from the foundation is very important. Making sure you have gutters, which this house had, is very important. Now, 
the gutter downspout in extensions in three different locations. Now there's four corners of the house, but for whatever reason, there were only three gutter downspout extensions. Those did need to be extended, okay? Very important. We also noted that some of the gutter, gutter spikes were pulling away from the gutter, and those needed to be reseeded such that the gutter did not get overshot by the roof or undershot, and all the water did go into the gutter. And also, it was very important to add at this house an ice guard or edge flashing <clears throat> going underneath the, the shingles so that the flashing would overhang into the gutter and the water would end up in the gutter from the roof. Very important. Very important indeed. There were some branches too close to the house. Those things all need to be addressed. One of the things I really do enjoy at an inspection is trying to think like water, the flow of water. Now, I will impress upon you my, my oldest son, who is a, uh, a chemical engineer. You know, he once said, Dad, I can't think like water. Water has a zero IQ. I said, well, that's, that's nice, but try not to be so... <laughs> <laughs> try not to try not to be so uh, specific about that or or literal. Um, I'm just making a a comparison that we need to think about the flow of water, and where's it going to go with respect to this yard? Well, if you look towards the front of the house on the right hand side, we have what's called a swale. What is a swale? A swale is a very shallow ditch or a path of least resistance for water to follow and flow in heavy rains. So if the water comes down from the yard above you into this swale, then it gets directed towards the rear right corner of the yard and then from right to left, again looking towards the front of the house, that water should flow towards your neighbor's yard on the left, which also goes lower, and then on the left rear corner of their yard, lower even more so. So we want to give the path of water a flow. And this house is 60 years old. What happens over 60 years? Well, swales get filled in a little bit. Grass grows and sometimes things need to be dug out a little bit more to reemphasize the flow of the water. So that was one of the suggestions we put and that they need to watch a few rainstorms and see how it performs to see if they need to put in a French drain to kind of really assist that or even a catch basin in the back right corner of the yard to catch most of the water and then put it into a French drain and feed towards the left rear corner of the yard for that water to go into the neighbor's yard. Sounds kind of dubious, doesn't it? Or sounds sort of like, gee, we need to do that under the cover of night. And when the neighbors aren't seeing that, because that water is going to deposit on their yard. Well, their swale is deep enough to find that they're used to water being flowed from the neighbor's yard into their yard. I think that was part of the uh, planned urban development of, of this neighborhood when the developers developed it. So I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. It's probably going on now anyway. All right. So on the outside of the house, also on the left and right-hand sides, we suggested also to add some topsoil to improve the grading against the house so that the water flows away from the foundation. But it's a slab foundation. That doesn't matter. No, it, it, it really does matter. 
And slab foundations need to be taken care of, just like houses with poured foundations and basements or block foundations and basements and or crawl spaces for that matter. This house had a newer gutter, which was really, excuse me, a newer roof, which was really nice, a nice installation. And just because it was new doesn't mean we didn't get on the roof on a first one story roof and check things out. We did. We absolutely did. Um, one of the mysteries, we, we had a finding from the homeowners that said that they had an, a previous inspection a few years ago and they did not have a ground rod. So the said ground rod was installed by a licensed electrician, but we had the wire going into the ground and we couldn't see the top of the ground rod. So I kind of did a little bit beyond normalcy and dug down and found the ground rod, which was about two inches into the ground, and that was fine. That was great. And the wire was attached to it, bonded perfectly or, or attached perfectly, so that if you do have a lightning strike, that, that, that surge would go into the ground as expected. On the left-hand side of the house, at the top right corner, was a TV antenna. Okay. Remember, I said the house is 60 years old, so antenna was very important before you had cable, but things just stick around like antennas. We see this very commonly. It's, it's kind of lessening over the years, but we still see antennas installed on roofs that basically are glorified lightning rods, which don't need to be there, because if you've got Roku or Fire Stick or... Or maybe you have Phi Optics or something for your, um, or cable TV for that matter. You really, really, really don't need that antenna anymore. And it's just a hazard that needs to be removed. All right. So that all was well and good. So we're also looking at houses like this for typical slab settlement. We do, ha we have seen slab settlement. It does affect houses. It does affect interior walls. It affects the uh, exterior, um, puts cracks on, on, the, on the brick veneer siding or even structural brick. These things can happen, and we have noted these in the past, so we are looking for things like that. Um, none at this case, and I talked about some of the vegetation needed to be removed and or uh, trimmed away from the house. That was very important. Um, and then we basically, of course, assessed the air conditioner, ran the heck out of it since it's the middle of winter. It performed nicely, normally. We assessed the windows. We're looking for good caulking, good ceiling. Um, we're looking at the front porch. A lot of times with a slab foundation, you have the front slab that's not really attached to anything, sometimes not even rebarred into the house. And it tends to drop down a few inches. That was the case in this case in, at this house as well. Um, a, so that can be either replaced or slab jacked, raised up, and so forth. So that's, that's an option. At this particular house, we had kind of a strange situation where the person who lived here previously decided to turn the garage into a carpeted exercise room. And even though the garage door was still there and the garage door opener... 
and it still worked fine. They had exercise bikes and other things in there. And the buyer informed us that they definitely want to turn it back into a garage. So we were pretty happy about that. Now, a lot of times you see people who take former garages, uh, one-car garages especially, on these uh, one-story houses, and they turn them into a hobby room, exercise room, family room, and they um, have the HVAC contractor install ductwork to them. Okay, well, that was fine when it's not a garage. When it is a garage, because you can have a car running, you don't want carbon monoxide going back into the house, that supply duct or return duct or both need to be sealed off to make sure that they are not being used as part of the HVAC distribution system. I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions about that, email us at richard at firstinspections.com. And first is spelled with the numerical one, S-T, like Scott Thomas, inspections with the S on the end, plural, dot com. Richard at firstinspections.com. All right. Attic did do pretty well. For a 60-year-old house, it would not be surprising to only have four inches of insulation. Sometimes for houses like this, too, in rare occasions, we run into the vermiculite, which is a kitty litter-looking insulation, very shiny, shiny kitty litter that is asbestos-based. We didn't have that in this case. We had fiberglass, um, loose-filled fiberglass, which had been increased to about 12 inches, which is very adequate for this part of the country. So that was good. Um, in this day and age also, we have a lot of houses that have been renovated. Um, we're going through a lot of renovations, a.k.a. flips. This was not a flip. This was a renovation where the people lived in it, did a lot of work over the years. Now, one of the most common things you will have with a house that is 60, 70, 80 years old is you will have some of the outlets, three-prong and grounded. Now, why do I have to point out that the three-prong outlets were grounded? Because a lot of times we test them and they're not grounded, even though they are, <clears throat> they have the appearance of grounded because they're three-prong. But in this case, they did test as though they were grounded. Now, the two-prong outlets that are left behind, some of those still exist. We had three bedrooms and a den. There were still quite a few two-prong, a.k.a. ungrounded outlets, in the den and in the three bedrooms. Typically, that adds up to maybe three, maybe four total, maybe even fewer breakers in the main panel that can be upgraded to GFCI, ground fault circuit interrupter, breakers if the panel has breakers that are still manufactured that can be replaced in that panel. And those can be made safe or safer by a licensed electrician, or they can do it at the outlets themselves. That takes an, an appointment when? Before closing, before closing, before closing. I really stress that. Uh, by a licensed electrician to give the buyer an estimate of such upgrade um, so they can use that for their budgeting purposes, negotiation purposes, etc. You don't want to deal with that after closing. That's very important. Um, 
This house actually also had a fireplace. It's a small house, but it still had a fireplace. It was an insert, which means a fabricated, prefabricated fireplace with the ceramic inserts. And there were a couple cracks in it, which need to be either repaired or replaced. Chimney flue looked pretty clear, really didn't need to be cleaned. And when we were on the roof, the chimney looked pretty good too. No cracks on the mortar cap or anything like that. But there were a couple cracks on the uh, firebox itself, on the panels that made up the fireplace insert. Those do need to be repaired slash replaced by a qualified fireplace contractor. Um, the other thing, the things in the house uh, operated pretty normally. You have a lot of the older plumbing fixtures. Those can be updated with more air-intensive, high-pressure type things um, <clears throat> to save on water bills. I don't know anybody's water bills that are going down, so we do try to make more more conservative shower heads that don't use so much water, but blast it through with a whole lot of air. Uh, so if you women who have long hair, and I guess some men who have long hair too, um, you're going to be able to get that rinse pretty well with those uh, more modern shower heads so they're, and save a little bit of money too. Um, at this house also, I talked about the uh, ground rod, so we found that. Um, the water main appeared to be copper. That was very normal. Uh, we also had a new cap on the, um, <clears throat> on the uh, cast iron uh, plumbing sewer stack cleanout, which was in the front yard, um, closer to the house. So it was between the sidewalk and the house. And that had a newer cap on it. So that probably got snaked out at some point in the future, or excuse me, in the past. And that's a good thing to see. You, you like to see that changes, upgrades, uh, improvements have been made over the years. And that gives you confidence about the property as well. Uh, newer water heater at this place as well. And again, no foundational issues the electrical panel had been, believe it or not, upgraded to a 200-amp panel, which is really kind of overkill for a 1,000 square feet. But, hey, what the heck? You've got it. You might as well use it. Go ahead and install some motion detector lights on each corner of the house and put a couple new circuits in. That would be a good use of some of that uh, and be very secure, not to mention be able to identify the deer that walk in your yard and kind of... Uh, make them all famous, and maybe you can learn their names of them, and rabbits, and foxes, and coyotes, and that sort of thing. Um, that's all good. And yeah, I said that about as deadpan as you can, so there you go. I like to have fun with these. Uh, furnace was newer. That appeared to be in good shape. Same thing with the air conditioner. Uh, the air conditioner actually was only a couple years old, and it only got 56-degree air putting out, and it was a train unit. Um, I think maybe, 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 maybe there might be a pinhole leak in the coolant line that was leaking out some coolant. Because really I would expect the air produced from our air conditioner to be down in the 40s. So that's just kind of a thought. Now, here's the last thing I'll say about this inspection. It drives me nuts on a slab foundation where I see the condensation line from the air conditioner sticking out at a 90 degree angle, dropping all that condensation water onto 
the side of the house or right at the edge of the foundation. That's not necessary. Get that one inch CPVC pipe, extend that guy out to right around where the sidewalk is or five feet away from the foundation. Again, slab foundations are important too. I was going to say our people too, but that would be wrong. Um, slab foundations are important home foundations and they do exist. They do need to be taken care of. So taking water away from them is important also. So if you, whether you have a first time home buyer house with a slab foundation or you are finishing up the last house you hope to buy and it's going to be a slab foundation patio home, you still want to keep water away from that foundation also. I hope you've gotten some out of this inspection, out of this podcast. And this has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie, out of the greater Cincinnati area. And until our next episode, thank you for listening.